five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome to Holy Half Hour. It's me, your old pal, Kieran. <laughs> Hi everybody, how are you doing? How are you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I am here, as always, with my good friend, Mr. Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Kieran. Stop prattling on, because I want to ask you how your wedding was, my friend. You're a married man. Oh, mate, mate. It was, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, f- folks, if you haven't heard, uh, we've been sort of talking about it the last few weeks on the show. I got married. Mm-hmm. I got married recently, and it was amazing, my friend. It was a really wonderful day. Of course, Michael was there, everybody. Michael was best man. I was, uh, indeed. And uh, so Michael knows very well how it went, and he's being cheeky, pretending he doesn't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it, it was good, man. I, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. It was an amazing day. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, my wife is amazing. She's beautiful. And we had a wonderful day with a lot of friends and family. Not everyone we wanted, because, you know, that's the way the world is at the moment. You can't mm-hmm. have everyone you want at your wedding. But, uh, but you know, uh, we had a wonderful time. So it was, it was brilliant. Did you enjoy my wedding? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a good time at my wedding? I had a great time at your wedding, Kieran. Thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, your wife is wonderful. Um, I was really excited that you guys are getting married because I think you're great together and uh, and you got married. So that's really the best part of any wedding I is, did. is the marriage part. But, you know, absolutely, all the other bits were really fun, too. So, yeah, it was it was a great day. And uh, we got to wear our kilts and look dapper, which is always nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, always fun. Always fun. A good Scottish wedding. Oh, so yes. that was great. Yeah. One thing that I hadn't really thought about uh, before, Michael, until mm. I was planning a wedding uh, you know how you choose playlists for for your wedding. You yes. choose music that you like for the DJ to play or to have on in the background during the you know drinks and whatever. Mm. Well, we we did that, of course. But I also started forming a no playlist. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a list of yeah, songs I absolutely songs. did not want played at my wedding. Did you do that, or do you know anyone who has gave like a blacklist um, to the yes. DJ? <laughs> yes, because I did. Did that as well for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and obviously some of those choices are are very personal, and perhaps not everyone would want to talk about them. But I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about mine. <laughs> so, uh, but, well, the list was short. Basically, it was uh-huh. it wasn't many. I was just it was like absolutely no ABBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might offend some people, listeners. Well, I'm sorry if yeah. you're ABBA fans. Uh, but I really uh, not really a fan of ABBA, mm. and hearing them at my wedding would make me sad. So I thought I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write a decree ruin the entire that, day. That, exactly, I'm gonna write a decree that they shall not be played at my wedding. Um, and the other person was uh, Robbie Williams. Oh again. yeah, yeah. No disrespect to Robbie fans, I just did not want to hear Angels at my yeah. wedding. If I'd heard really, angels at our wedding, I would have yeah. been—I uh, would have been really sad for sure. Yeah. That would have—that would have put a dampener on things. Exactly. I do mean—I I don't mean the heavenly beings. I mean the song by yes. Robbie Williams. Yeah, just to be sure. clear, listeners, I would be fine with actual angels showing up at the yeah, wedding if they cool. wanted. That I would mean, be they might awesome. well have been there, Kieran. You never know. But, well, absolutely. You know. You know. But the song "Angels" by Robbie Williams—I was—I was not keen for that. So, yeah. 
Uh, my wife not, doesn't have as strong opinions about music as I do, so she didn't really add anything to the no playlist. <laughs> yeah. But uh, are there any that would make your list, Michael, that you're willing to share? Oh, gosh. What would I have on my no playlist? I definitely agree with uh, the Robbie Williams. Um, to be honest, we just ha- tried to have lots of upbeat songs that that you could dance to because we wanted people to dance. So it's mm. quite a lot, mm. but none necessarily that would... Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of, of any boy band, really. I would have had like okay. no boy bands. Every year at um, our church, they do a silent disco for one of the um, like fun events. And yeah. uh, the idea of a silent disco, if you've never done one, ladies and gentlemen, is that you have headphones on and there's different channels and you can see what color the other people's headphones are, but no one can hear anything Um like in the room, it's just on the headphones. And there's always one channel that someone in the church DJs and it's always just terribly cheesy 90s <laughs> pop music. So it's S Club <laughs> 7, yeah. Steps, you know, Girls Aloud and Spice Girls. And so basically that entire channel that that person DJs, all of that is on my no playlist for, for my wedding, right. for any event I go to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so yeah, totally. basically, any music of that ilk is I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, yeah, I I, I hear you, man. I hear you. No, no backstreets back at your wedding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have a fantastic show for you folks, as always. We've got our usual mix of uh, a quiz, an unlikely worship song, a new top three. Michael's changed the format. He hasn't told me what the format is, mm. though. So that'll be ex- something exciting to look forward to. And our Bible fact comes from First and Second Thessalonians today, which Michael's bringing to us later. Um, shall we get into the show, my friend? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Now, Michael, my dear friend, it's been a wee while. Because we, we recorded a few shows back-to-back, folks, before my wedding so that we had a few in the bag and we didn't need to record while I was away because um, that would have been difficult to negotiate with my wife <laughs> uh, <laughs> setting up the mic and stuff on honeymoon. Yeah, you know? it would have been great. Uh, so it's we, I've been away for a while, I feel. I feel a little bit rusty, Michael. Mm. I feel a bit out of things. But uh, r- refresh me with a, with a lovely quiz, why not? What have you well, got for us today? Well, I will. And, you know, I think, I think you're going to be okay with this one. Uh, I'm, I'm easing you back into quiz podcasting because I think you're going to be pretty good at this. Uh, but it's a quiz I've been wanting to put together for a while. And it's a, it's a worship song next line quiz, Kieran. Ah. Uh, so basically, I'm going to give you a line of a worship song. And you've got to give me the next line that follows okay. it. And uh, I think you'll be good at this because, you know, you've been a worship leader for, oh, I don't know, like 15 to 18 years. I don't know, <laughs> don't know how long it's been, but it's been a while. It's and been a while. Um, I think you'll be fine. But just in case you're not, um, I, I'm going to give you three lifelines, Kieran, um, which you can use at any time or not at all. You might not need to use them. Uh, the first lifeline is the previous line. So I can give you an extra bonus previous line. Uh, to kind of help you place a song in case you can't place it. Or I can kazoo it for you, <laughs> in which I will, uh, uh, you know, make the tune of the song, because obviously I'm just going to give you the words. Or I can tell you who it's by, um, and then that might also help you place a song. But I suspect you won't need the lifelines. So yeah, I'm going to give you a line, you give me the next line, and you'll get bonus points, Kieran, if you can tell me 
the artist and the name of the song. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, I think so. All right, I'm going to start you with a slightly softball, and uh, and here's your line. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, <laughs> you give yourself away. <laughs> oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Yeah. yeah. Is there a yeah in it? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is a <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well done. Ding, ding. Um... Well done. Do you know who it is and what the song is called, Karen? Yes, it is, of course, Reck. Is it Reckless Love or just Reckless, actually? I'm not sure. Mm. I think it's Reckless Love by Corey Asbury. Yes, you are correct. Bonus point. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, my bell is uh, not, not resounding. <laughs> Let me just take Yeah, that was a bell. funny one. There we go. Yeah, Fix I fixed my it. Bell. Some, something was uh, dampening it. There we go. Well, Kieran, good work. Here's number two. And young and old will turn to Jesus. Oh, oh, I know what that song is, I think. <laughs> you do? Uh, uh, fling wide, you heavenly gates. Prepare the way of the risen Lord. Is that the next bit of that? Is it? Did you feel the mountains tremble? And is that the next line? Yeah. Yes, indeed it is. Did you feel the mountains tremble? And that was the right. What a classic! Did you say who it was by? I dinged over you. I couldn't hear you. Uh, Delirious, isn't it? Yeah, Martin Smith. Yeah, exactly. From Delirious fame. Oh well, Kieran. Uh I thought you might do well in this quiz. (laughs) Two for two at the moment, and here is the third one. And there I find you in the mystery. Mm, in oceans deep, my faith will stand, I think. it's. I think it's Oceans by Hillsong, and I think that's the next line. Well done, Kieran. Oh, ah. You're smashing through these. No problemo. <laughs> uh, here's the next line. Pouring out the oil of love as my worship to you. In surrender, I must give. I like this quiz. My every part. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Lord, receive the sacrifice of a broken heart. It's, um, oh, what is it called? Goodness me, it's Matt Redman. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's I Will Offer Up My Life. Well done. Smash. It's not, not Heart of Worship, which for some reason I always like get those two muddled in my head. Yeah, for sure. Well, that was perfect. Word for word, the next line, and you got the artist and then its song. So well done. Here is the last one already, Kieran. Four right out of four. Who imagined the sun and give source to its light? Oh, that's a that's a, man. I haven't heard that one for a while. Yet conceals it to bring us the coolness of night. None can fathom indescribable. Uh, by um. Oh, who is it by? I mean, Chris Tomlin sang it. I don't know if he wrote it. Uh, but Chris Tomlin, I think, did the famous version of it, and it's yeah. in. It's called Indescribable. It is, and that is absolutely right, Kieran. Well done, five out of five <laughs> with all of the bonus points intact. I never, I never had any doubt. Oh man, do you want, do you want to hear me do the guitar, the lead guitar intro for Indescribable? Yeah, yeah. Could you just, could you just grab, grab the guitar and rock it, it out? It goes. It goes. Look up, folks. That was. You'll be amazed. It sounds exactly like that. Takes me back. Like that thing I just did. 
you know what's really worrying though is when Kieran and I used to lead worship together. He that's how he did the lead part. He <laughs> just sang it into the microphone it, exactly like that. So uh, you can imagine people's faces, guys. I mean, uh, yeah, shocking. I used to just just shout solo, and then I'd go <laughs> into the mic. Exactly. Well, my friend, that was amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought you might and like that one. And we might revisit that uh, format with some even yes. more obscure songs in the future. Yes, please. I would like that very much. Well, then let's do that. Okay, I'll see you there. Who <laughs> <laughs> unlikely worships Michael, it's time for this week's Unlikely Worship Song. And I've been looking forward to this one because I think you will resonate with this. I think a lot of our listeners will resonate with this. Do you know, Michael, uh, well, let me say first, listeners, uh, Unlikely Worship Songs is our segment where I come up with a random, ridiculous song (laughs) that perhaps uh, touches on some obscure passage of Scripture or touches on some aspect of Christian life that isn't often talked about or sung about, probably yeah. with good reason. And and I and I make a song about it. And and I've gone and done that this week once again. And, and, and if you'd and like this week, to Michael, hear a bunch of excellent previous unlikely worship songs, and you can listen to last week's special episode of Holy Half Hour Radio, in which we back to back some of Kieran's classic hits. And uh, it was, I hear, it was excellent listening, Kieran. It was, it, it was, I, I hear rave reviews <laughs> of our last episode, my friends. But yeah, do check that out, folks, because that has a sort of a, it's a, an anthology of mm-hmm. many of the songs that we've done <laughs> over the last year and a half or however long it's been. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, a couple of them are good. So <laughs> do, <laughs> do check that out. But this week, Michael, um, so th- this this song, I think, touches on something that I think a lot of Christians will understand and identify with, and that is, well, you know, as a Christian, Michael, you, a lot of us as Christians, we um, would probably try not to drink to excess, you know, mm-hmm. try and be moderate in our in our consumption of, uh, you know, uh, naughty drinks at parties mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, and and there are of course a number of alternatives to alcoholic drinks that you get. Yes. And uh, th- there, there is one in particular that I, I, I think every, every Christian knows and would make every Christian uh, weak at the knees just with, with the thought of it uh, because it's so ubiquitous. And, um, and this song is about that. So have a listen and see what you think. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. Hey, Christian friend. Welcome to my Christian party. Hey, thanks, Christian host. It's great to be here. How about a drink? Well, sure. Can I interest you in some? Sparkling white grape juice. Oh, oh, oh. Sparkling white grape juice. Oh, oh, oh. Elegant like the wife from Proverbs. Delicate like the lady from Song of Songs. Sparkling like the pool of Bethesda. Full-bodied like, uh, the church? Sparkling white grape juice, oh, oh, oh. Sparkling white grape juice, oh, oh, oh. 
<laughs> that was amazing, bro. Very good indeed. Well, you know, man, it's it's uh, something that I think, as I say, a lot of Christians can identify with. Because who hasn't been, who hasn't been to a party or get together hosted by Christian friends, and there hasn't been some of that particular brand. You know the one I mean, <laughs> of sparkling white grape juice. One thing I will say about the song is that singing sparkling white grape juice is really weird and <laughs> i was like really worried i had to listen back to it a few times to think does this accidentally sound like something really rude um i don't think it does but what if anyone <laughs> but r- write in listeners with what you think you heard if you didn't hear <laughs> sparkling <laughs> white grape juice uh hopefully mean, hopefully it's not too rude you know that, that song has a special place in my heart because um as you know, Kieran, I don't drink alcohol, so uh, <laughs> I I make a beeline for the sparkling white grape juice at any Christian get together. Although you know, of I don't want to, I don't want to tell tales outside school, Kieran. But I noticed there wasn't any sparkling white grape juice at your wedding, so um, <laughs> just saying, uh, not not so sure about that, you know. Well, you know that would uh, <laughs> it would have been unacceptable. To my to my folks, no, no, uh, they they were. Uh, I'm I'm sure somewhere there was you know a bottle of water uh, for for Michael. <laughs> Listeners, don't worry. We looked after him. We got him a a hot chocolate and a, a, nice a vegan hot chocolate. <laughs> we got him a fruit shoot and, <laughs> and a happy meal and a happy meal, and he was well looked after. Absolutely. Don't worry, everyone. Of course, Don't of worry. course. Well, no, it was a great song, man. Very funny. Good job. Well done. Feel free, listeners, to take that and play it at your next party, you know, and let us know what feedback you get. The top, 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 top three, three, three. Michael, it's time for our top three, which I understand has a different format today, an exciting new format. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. Yes, indeed. It's time for top three. What I have done is I've got three pairs of words and uh, instead of doing opposites like we have done or word pairs that are commonly found together, I have moved on to animal, vegetable, mineral, Kieran. (laughs) And uh, so the first pair of words are animals. The second pair of words are vegetables or some kind of food thing. And then the third pair of words are minerals of some kind. And basically... Kieran and you find people at home have to guess which of these two words appears in more verses in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Kieran, the first animal word pair is ant or antelope, <laughs> which appears nice. in more verses in the Bible. The ant or the antelope? I actually, hmm, I think it's going to be the antelope. Yeah. Because. I feel like there are a few, there must be a few references to the antelope in various in the in the our our old friend the uh, um, purity laws in the Pentateuch. There's probably a don't eat the antelope somewhere, um, and I imagine that they come up a bit in Psalms. Whereas the ant, I feel like this, there are definitely some uh, mentions of the ant in in scripture, but maybe less. So I'm going to go for antelope. I think Michael. All right, let's take a look and see if you're right. Hey. Oh, well done, Kieran. In fact, there are twice as many mentions of antelope as there are ant, because there are two mentions of antelope and one <laughs> mention of ant. So, <laughs> okay. So I've just imagined that there's antelopes all over the Bible, basically. But I was still correct. 
<laughs> Absolutely. The Bible, the story of the antelope um, <laughs> in comparison to the ant. But uh, well done. You are correct. So the next one is vegetable. And uh, these aren't really vegetables, but they are food. And the first one is cinnamon or mint, Kieran. Cinnamon or mint? Hmm. I think mint's the winner here. Yeah. Because uh, no doubt there are references to cinnamon in amongst other spices and things. Mm. But mint, there's, I mean, there's, uh, Jesus talks about the Pharisees tithing mint in the New Testament. That's the only reference to mint I can think of, actually. But I feel like there must be more references to mint that it's probably has some significance in Old Testament mm. ceremony or that sort of thing. So I'm going to guess mint. All right, let's take a look. Oh, oh, Kira. Uh-oh. I mean, props to you, though, because you did mention that Jesus mentions uh, the Pharisees tithing mint, and that is the only two mentions of mint <laughs> in the Bible, in Matthew and Luke, where that story is regaled. Okay. And cinnamon has, in fact, four. So uh, ah. it's close, but cinnamon is the okay. winner here. <gasps> right. Oh, Kieran, it's 1-1. One, one. This it comes wow. down to the wow. mineral. Tension. Wood or stone? <laughs> Wood. Oh, that is tough. Yeah, that is tough. Tricky. They're both very common materials in the Bible. Both very important in Settlers of Catan, which I know Kieran is keen mm. on. Yeah. Which one is more numerous in the verses of the Bible? And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, while Kieran is thinking, I should mention that I use the New International Version for this quiz. So these are the occurrences of these words in the NIV. All right, Kieran, wood or stone, what are you saying? Oh, this is so tough. <laughs> because of the building of the tabernacle and the temple and all of the timber involved in that, mm -hmm. I want to say wood. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this is probably close. But mm -hmm. I, I'm going to say wood. All right, you're going to lock in with wood. Yeah. All right, let's take a look. Oh, no way. No oh, way. Oh, my goodness. The impossible <laughs> has happened, ladies and gentlemen. Kieran has failed a top three quiz for the first time in a long time. It's been a while. Been a very long while. I can't even remember the last time you didn't get the top three. Well, Kieran, too much happiness. That's your problem. It's addled <laughs> your mind. Your love of the halfling's leaf. <laughs> it's dulled my senses. Now I will diminish and go into the West, having failed the top three. <laughs> Wood is in 115 verses and stone is in 181 verses. So it was close, but Ooh. Uh, around 70 in it. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, these are tough, uh, and I'm, and I feel, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you feel good. I always want to make you happy, man. So job done, I guess. Uh, uh, well, there's always that, Kieran. <laughs> that was a long, long gratified sigh that you heard there, <laughs> listeners from Michael. He's finally... Finally it's been got many me on the top three. Since, it's been a long time. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to trick him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Well, there's always next week, as you say. Absolutely. I'll get you back, Michael. Just you wait. You haven't heard the last of me. 
<laughs> I hope not, because we've still got a few more books left in the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Bible facts. Coming at ya with some Bible facts. Michael and Kiaran. With some Bible facts. Coming at ya with some Bible facts. Michael and Kiaran. With some Bible facts. We have been going through the Bible book by book, folks, and finding an interesting fact about every single book of the Bible. And our quest has brought us all the way up to First and Second Thessalonians, uh, which we're going to hear today from Michael. And I yeah, believe you have right. a Bible fact for us. I do. I do have a Bible fact about First and Second Thessalonians. And... Um... And, and these are good books and they're interesting. And I think that the fact is that if you think about the context of these letters and the context of Paul planting the church in Thessaloniki, um, you kind of realize just how awesome the people of Thessaloni Thessaloniki must have been. So uh, I was reading some of the introductions in various Bibles, and there's a really great NIV translation called the Biblical Theology Study Bible, and uh, and they break down the the kind of journey of Paul and, and the Thessalonian church, which is really good. So I thought I might just read a little bit about that um, from that version of the Bible for context mm. and then draw something out. So um, these two letters to the Thessalonians uh should be read in the light of these kind, this kind of timeline of events. So Paul, along with Silas and Timothy, depart from Philippi. They travel about 90 miles uh, or 145 kilometers uh, and arrive four or five days later in Thessalonica or Thessaloniki today still exists. It's very cool. Um, and we're getting most of this information from the letters of Thessalonians and also from Acts chapter 17, where this part of Paul's ministry is outlined. So Paul preaches for three weeks, three Sabbaths in a synagogue, and he converts some Jews and more Gentiles than Jews, though, including some powerful women from leading families. And then during the week, Paul is working hard as a tent maker. It's his, his, uh, his job. And not only providing the new Christians with an example of how to be self-sufficient, which he also talks about in the first letter of to the Thessalonians. But he also is trying to avoid basically being accused of having selfish motivations for his ministry. Um, he, he argues, you know, don't be a burden on those who are, who are supporting you. So Paul's missionary success uh, arouses opposition. And the Jews act first because it's a large Jewish uh, society in Thessaloniki at the time. And uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.15 says that they drive them out. So um, they start a city riot against the apostle and they accuse him of disturbing the peace and violating Caesar's decrees. So Paul, Silas and Timothy leave Thessaloniki to protect the believers and they travel west for two days to Berea. But then Jews from Thessalon... I'm, I'm going to start saying Thessalonica because it's Thessaloniki now, but it's Thessalonica then. So I'm going to say Thessalonica followed the apostles to Berea and forced him to leave town. Um, it's believed that some believers escorted Paul to Athens, probably by sea. Then Silas and Timothy joined Paul in Athens a short time later, only to be sent back to Macedonia 
Timothy goes back to Thessalonica, and Silas probably goes back to Philippi. Paul tries to go with Timothy to Thessalonica, but he's not able to go. They prevent him from going. So Paul travels from Athens to begin an 18-month ministry in Corinth, where Timothy and Silas rejoin him from Macedonia. And Timothy gives Paul a largely positive report about the Thessalonian church. Um, But he does share some concerns that causes Paul to write 1 Thessalonians from Corinth, probably around the year 50, 51 AD. And then a short time later, Paul receives another report from Thessalonica, which alarms him uh, about false claims that the day of the Lord has already come. And that causes him to respond and write Second Thessalonians. So that is the background of uh, some of Paul's ministry and kind of what happens. And before I draw out what I want to draw out, I think it's important to also know that, you know, Thessalonica was a huge port city, still is a big port city to this day. Um, it had special rights. It had a much freer uh, governing uh, ability to govern itself because of the way um, it was set up. Um, also, it was a religiously pluralistic setting, like most uh, big cities in those days. So archaeological and inscriptional evidence suggests that lots of Greco-Roman deities were worshipped like Dionysus, Asclepius, mm. Aphrodite, Demeter, Zeus, as well as Egyptian gods, Isis and Serapis. Um, and it was also, of course, the imperial cult where um, people would worship the Roman Empire. And there was a large Jewish synagogue as well. Um most of the Thessalonian church had probably participated in various cults before they turned to God from idols. So think about it. This is that we're getting on to fact or, or things that make me think now, which is a people from various walks of life who've been spending their lives worshiping whichever God they want to, probably multiple gods, come together to hear Paul preach for three weeks, three Sundays or three Saturdays rather, three Sabbath days in the synagogue. And he is driven out by persecution as well as the people that come with him. And likely months later, potentially even years later, after hearing these uh, this man preach, and the church that was started in that short amount of time is still faithful to Jesus. They're doing mm. great things. Like Timothy reports back. Obviously, Timothy went back to support them. But initially, mm. you know, this church of people who were free to worship whatever were was started by Paul, who was so badly persecuted, he left after three weeks. And then they themselves start to be persecuted almost immediately. And yet it's successful and yet it grows and yet it does amazingly and one of the things that paul writes to the thessalonian church as well as encouraging them in the face of persecution and as well as you know some correction of theology or encouragement or you know rejecting false theology what he does is he praises god so much for their faithfulness and he encourages them for their faithfulness and he he says how pleased he is to to hear such good reports from timothy And that's kind of amazing, you know, after such a short amount of time facing such extreme persecution, these guys 
are, and women are, are so faithful to God. And I just think it speaks mm. of something really important that we think about a lot as Christians, but that doesn't all, always get talked about, which is, you know, these people had a real genuine experience of God. You know, you don't hear someone preach for three weeks and then give your entire life over to something in the face of, you know, potential death or bankruptcy or social exclusion, you know, mm. back in those days, your social standing is everything, you know, it's still a significant part of who, who we are today. But if it was just, you know, oh, this guy has some interesting thoughts, you know, they're not going to give their lives over to that. You know, we believe as Christians that the Holy Spirit works in us and through other people and through God being alive and active. And it changes things. You know, we have a real genuine experience which changes us on the inside. And these people were changed. You know, we often talk about the, the disciples. They were they went from when Jesus died to cowering and rejecting him to when Jesus rose again, all of them were martyred. All of them were killed for their faith. And people say, look, if all these guys were just lying to the world, why would they die for a lie? Why would they give their lives over? Why would they face terrible torture and death for something they knew wasn't true if they didn't see Jesus Christ risen? And I just think that the people of the Thessalonian church and the context in which the church was started and the context of these letters being sent really speaks to another kind of proof there of that, you know. Just like the disciples, they gave their lives over to something which wouldn't make any sense if it was just some pretty thoughts or a nice idea, if it wasn't a genuine interaction with God that they had, you know. So I think it's a, another example of people in the Bible having an incredible, genuine encounter with God and their lives being completely changed and then being willing to put everything on a line to follow God and to follow Jesus. So yeah, mm. that's kind of my interesting fact. Yeah, man. I mean, I think in that sense, it's a really inspirational, um, really inspirational example. You know, the 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 tenacity and the the faithfulness, as you've said, of of the Thessalonian church, uh, people who from such disparate backgrounds came from different religions. Uh, such a, a melting pot, I think, culturally. I imagine mm. the church would be, you know. Um, and 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 perhaps in some ways it's a a mirror of, uh, you know, where we see the church growing now, mm. um, and God calling people to Him from very different cultures, very different backgrounds, um, you know, uh, the diversity of ways in which people identify now, uh, and the different places they come from, you know, and and but God is bringing them together as His church, and that's an incredible. Uh, incredible thing and yeah just the power of that testimony you know that these people saw something and their conviction of it was so unshakable that as you say they were willing to willing to die for that is an is an incredible thing um and and as i often feel <laughs> when we talk about the new testament church it's kind of a sobering uncomfortable thing because i think wow my life's very comfortable and you know what do I really sacrifice in order to be a Christian in mm. the West in the 21st century? Uh, nothing like what those people sacrificed. 
at least or at this state, current stage in my life, you know. So, um, yeah, just very, very humbling, but very inspiring example, I think. So appreciate you sharing that. No, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel the same, you know, it's, uh, it's not that challenging to be a Christian these days, although many people don't understand you and won't necessarily engage with you in a conversation, you know, mm. it's, uh, we don't risk much uh, in this country where we live and, and we're grateful that we're able to worship freely, but at the same time, we should take the encouragement that we see, uh, you know, in countries in this world where it's not possible to worship freely and in, you know, these historic uh, examples of faithfulness in the, in the face of, of challenge. Mm. And, you know, and like you say, be encouraged with the challenges we do face, you know, with the personal spiritual challenges, with the, you know, relational challenges, with the boldness that we need to, to preach the gospel and not be ashamed of it. You know, we can, we can take their example and use it to encourage us in in our battles because you know even in a country where it's possible and free to worship how you want to worship it's still we still face challenges each day mm. so uh yeah Absolutely. take the encouragement of the thessalonian church uh this week everybody because i will try to do the same <laughs> yeah that's great thanks man thank you All right, folks, it's been a blast. Thank you once again for joining us. Thank you, Michael, for uh, your Bible fact and everything that you brought this week. Uh, it's been great fun. It's a pleasure, man. Uh, it's been a lot of fun recording again with you. And, uh, you know, I will never forget the feeling of that time you didn't get the top three right. <laughs> no, nor will I, my friend. Nor will I. You haven't heard the last of me. <laughs> um, but folks uh, we've we've had great fun this week we hope you have too um, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one goodbye thanks everybody bye bye